Welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast with your host, Caesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, welcome back. And thanks for listening. We got so much going on right now. I mean, when do we not have something going on? <laughs> but you know what? It gives me it gives me a reason to do these podcasts. But thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've got some good free, uh, f- feedback from some people I know. They're they're enjoying listening to this. So if you have any feedback, please you know message us. Uh, we got um, on Twitter, Libertarian Tex-Mex, and also on Facebook as well. Um, shoot me a message. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your opinions are. Um, obviously right now I'm uh, a one-man show but eventually I want to bring on other people I, I think I've said this before but I, I don't like to have an like an opinion in a vacuum I want other people with different opinions um, and luckily we live in Houston or I live in Houston where we have so much variation of opinion and um, you know different feelings about different things so I'd love to get some friends in from different perspectives um, and have a def- decent conversation. I think that's, you know, kind of what's missing out there. You can hear a lot of screaming for the left and a lot of screaming from the right and people right up in the middle who just want to have a, a decent conversation with people may not change your mind, but may make you think twice about your position or think a little bit more in detail with it. Because ultimately that's what we really want, right? I'm not, uh, you know, as much as I am a avid liber- libertarian, I want people to have their own opinions. And uh, I don't always want people to agree with me, so um, I like nuance, right? General, generally, we want to be nice to people. We want to give people that that chance to uh, do to do good. But I think beyond that, the nuances of how we do it, um, I think, are very open. So, anyways, um, a lot of good uh, responses, a lot of good opinions out there. Um, I think if anybody knows my page, my page, uh, my pages out there, I like to throw a couple bombs out there just to see how people will react to things, make them, uh, think, think a little bit about the things they're saying. Um, because I think it's, it's, it's needed right now. We just, right now the, you know, extreme left and the extreme right are just sucking up the air out of everybody. Because I'll tell you what, the people I have conversations with, that are a little bit more in the middle, um, a little bit more reasonable. Um, they we have good conversations, you know. And they may lean one way or the other. Maybe they lean more towards state intervention or state control versus non-state control, kind of free market or whatever. Um, and you know, we have a decent conversation. We go back and forth about, well, what about this and what about this or how about this, and it's more of a conversation without anybody getting mad about it right and i get there's certain topics that get people in heated conversations but i think for the most part we got to start talking to each other you know find some common ground um you know 
I think if there's certain topics that we can't really, you know, come to a conclusion or to uh, to a consensus, then I think we it's one of those things that we should leave for now and, and try to focus on the things that we can change. I think most people know that in their personal lives, right? There's certain things that you can't control, but there are certain things you can. Um, and I think a lot of times learning how to deal with stress, time management, whatever, it's all about learning to you know, focus on the issues that you have control over. And then the issues that you don't have control over is to kind of set up some protection or set up some barrier in case those things don't go the way you planned it, right? So it's it's an easy way to manage your stress. And I think in terms of politics, that's exactly the same way we should do it, right? Me as a libertarian, I have my theories, right? Most of them, most of them, 95% um, is in line with the libertarian ideas and libertarian party but not all of them and uh but i don't want to right i don't want to agree 100 percent with anybody then i w- i would just totally feel weird right <laughs> like like why are you copying me man don't listen to me <laughs> i'm just kidding no i you know we want people to come to some common ground doesn't have to be 100 percent uh but that's the way we're going to move forward as people right and in the spaces that we cannot agree on I think we should respect the right of the individual to make their own decisions. Um, And that goes for everything, right? School, medicine, choices in the market, um, energy, right? All those things that are now big topics. um, I think if we can't agree, then we need to let, we need to kind of err on the side of choice until we know uh, what exactly what's going on. So anyways... So this one, uh, this one might be a, a short one compared to the ones before, but I had a lot of great conversations with people, um, and I think overwhelmingly, I meet more and more people who are talking about the Texas elections, about the governor and the Senate race, and there's plenty of other spots that we actually need to be aware of that I'm, I'm probably going to post as a, as a Texan. I'm probably going to post the link of all the things that people have to vote for because I don't think people are actually fully aware of all the things they got to vote for. Um, so it's really good to be informed when you go in there. And we try to do our best to make sure we have the right information to let people make their own decisions. Um, I noticed on the uh, Twitter page for Neil Dykeman, who's running uh, for the as the Texas senator, um, He's the third-party option, by the way. He's on the ballot. Uh, but anyways, he posted a, a link um, or a, actually a message about making sure we know who's on the on the voting ballot. What are the things you're voting for? Go in there informed. It's better than looking like an idiot and you don't know what's going on. And I think he's right. Um, even if you don't ch- choose libertarian, at least go in there and know what you're voting for and know what the uh, candidates are about. So anyways, but I think... More and more I get into the conversations um, of more people that are not really happy with the choices they have. Um, And I think most people see their choices as either uh, Beto Cruz or Ted... I'm sorry, (laughs) Beto O'Rourke. See, they're already blending together. (laughs) Uh, Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz. Uh, most people see that as those their two as those two choices for the election coming up here in a couple weeks. So a lot of people feel like they don't have any choices. They're kind of 
uh, I don't say bummed out, but they feel hopeless. And uh, to me, that's a really, I feel really bad for these people. Um, And not in a bad way, not in a judgmental way, but the fact that there's a lot of people that feel that way, that they have no choice but to choose one of these two candidates, the lesser of the two evils, and um, they have a lot of heartache over it, right? A lot of guilty consciousness about, um, you know, did I choose right? Did I, um, you know, did I like this one thing here and hope he does good, but then all this other thing he's just going to do terrible. So, and it goes both ways, right? Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz, you know, if you listen to our podcast before about how they rated against the libertarian uh, principles, against the, uh, you know, the positions of liberty and prosperity, um, they didn't rate really well. You know, Ted Cruz failed, absolutely failed, uh, because of his lack of civil liberty, civil liberties, and um, the fact that he's just kind of a hypocrite on the Constitution. He doesn't defend anybody's free speech besides religious groups. Um, the only really amendment that he really protects is the Second Amendment, but everything else seems to be like whatever, you know. Uh, he's open to interpretation as long as you don't take away his guns. And really, you know, what we know about the Constitution, what we know as Americans and libertarians, is that the Constitution and the amendments work together, right? You can't have one without the other. You can't just have one that's never messed with, and then the other ones are kind of messed with, right? None of them should be messed with. None of, All of them have to work hand in hand, right? So you should be able to say what you want and practice and uh, practice the religion or the, the lack thereof that you want. You should be able to protect yourself the way you want. You should be able to uh, have the right um, from the government of search and seizure um, to take your property. All the other amendments that are out there that are necessary to protect the individual's rights against the government. That's what the Constitution's about. Um, and as a libertarian, we all understand that, you know, both, well, all forms of government have to kind of abide by the, that constitution. They can't break it just because you're, you're from, you're from, you're at the state level. You can't, right? You have to obey the constitution. So anything else outside of that is totally up to interpretation. And I even say, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, experiments, experimentation of the states, if, you know, if certain states want to uh, have their citizens vote for, you know, statewide health care, go ahead, you know, that's, that's what the states, that's what the state level is for, um, and that's where people can hold their officials accountable, but at the same time, we need to let other states experiment in their own ways, so if they don't want a state-run health care, then they should have that option to be able to do what they want. They should be able to do whatever they want and try it out and see what happens. Um, and I know sometimes the libertarian position is absolutely free market, um, but at the same time, you know, I want the market to decide for themselves what they want. Um, and if that market in California decides they want state-run health care because they're bleeding hearts out there, then you know what? Give it a try. Give it a try and see how it works. Now, we have historical proof that it doesn't work, but we will let people figure that out for themselves. (laughs) 
you know, I had this great conversation um, with my dad who, uh, you know, kind of in that same boat as everybody else. He doesn't know who's who's going to vote for. Absolutely doesn't like Ted Cruz. But at the same time, he's he's not really convinced of Beto O'Rourke. He knows something's going on there, something he doesn't trust. Uh, you know, but my dad is one of those guys that does believe in, in you know, government-funded health care um, at some point, right? Either Medicare, Medicaid, or universal health care, or single-payer, something like that. And he use, always uses the Nordic countries as the example, which is kind of a classic thing that Democrats do is, uh, you know, point point to the Nordic countries for, look how socialism works, Um but I think once you look into it and you see the Nordic countries trying to actually be more like us, where they are trying to liberalize and uh, deregulate the, 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 the markets, they're trying to move into our, our realm of things because they're trying to stay competitive. And you can't stay competitive with a very big, bulky system. So um, so they're, they're trying to convert back into a more free market system. And I wouldn't blame them. You know, here in, in the city of Houston, we have a great place for medicine called the Texas Medical Center. And even though they get federal funding, um, and we'll have to talk about that at some point, it's still open to any insurance company, uh, individual medical uh, hospital organizations, so many of them. And you've got a great competition about who can pick up customers that customer service who can, you know, how can they incentivize people to go into their hospitals? And a lot of them, what you realize is they specialize, right? Some specialize in surgery, some specialize in cancer treatment, um, etc. And they do really well um, trying to specialize for the market. And right now, you know, uh, you know, the Texas Medical Center is leading the world in cancer research. Um, you know, one of the... Um, one of the uh, researchers out there just got a Nobel Peace Prize for his uh, research or his contribution in the research of immune therapy in cancer and how the effectiveness of that is much better than chemo radiation treatment. Um, I think right now what they're trying to suggest is that you use both, right? Obviously chemo to kill the cancer, but the immune therapy to kind of boost the health of your body that will naturally kill the uh the cancer cells. So I think, you know, when you compare that to a, you know, the other countries that do have socialized systems that everybody gets health care, we know the quality is not as good. We know that the specialization is not there. Um, and the flexibility in the market is not there to adapt to what the needs are of their people. Uh, and even then, you know, a lot of times most of these socialized systems work in a very homogenous society, you know, so most of the Nordic countries are 99% Nordic, right? Uh, so you have a very nice hone in on certain medical issues that that homog you know, homogeneous um, group uh, has. And you can put more of that funding into this one thing and a little bit less on the things that they don't really affect. So you're able to balance out, you know, the cost of healthcare like that. But here in the United States, where you have such a diversified population, not just ethnicities, right? You have, you know, um, you have white, black, Hispanic, Asian, um, Southeast Asian, all these different people. Then you have 
a huge spectrum of ranges, a huge spect- uh, spectrum of living conditions and homes. It's almost like the United States is this, you know, hodgepodge of, you know, smaller countries within a giant country. So for you to be able to do universal health care, a single payer system, or controlled regulated markets like that, it's just so large and so varied that you're going to have the most difficult kind of doing it. It's, it's hard to compare to countries where you have a more homogenous uh, gene pool. Uh, but here we have such variety, you know, we have, you know, it's almost like equal <laughs> diseases are equally liable here, right? You have high chance, you know, you could have cancer, you could have diabetes, high blood pressure, all these things that are kind of spread out through all the different um, <clears throat> different ethnicity groups that it would be hard to have a universal healthcare system that can focus and hone in on certain diseases that that group would be prone for and make up for it by not funding these other things. You would have to fund everything, which would be absolutely impossible. The best way to do that, as libertarians have always said, is you know if you want if you want a market to be catered to, especially such a diversified market like ours in the United States, you've got to let the market do it, right? The market special specializes much better than a state-controlled um, system like that. So, anyways, so anyway, so you know, going in the conversation with my my family members, friends people out in social media, I see much more people, uh, a lot more people that are just unhappy. Like you can see them just really worried about this election coming up because they don't want either. To, they don't want to vote either Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz. And uh, they feel like they have no choice, you know, so they're going to be put in that, that unfortunate position of voting for the lesser of two evils, or so they think, right? And a lot of people get into that, right? They just look at it and uh, go, you know what? I don't want Ted Cruz, so I'm going to vote for Bethel O'Rourke because, uh, you know, I don't like his positions, but I like Ted Cruz even less. Or vice versa, right? I'm going to vote for Ted Cruz because Bethel O'Rourke is uh, not good and Ted Cruz is the lesser of two evils. And, you know, we end up getting into choices that we don't like and we end up well, kind of where we are now, where we have this, the president, you know, Donald Trump, of this guy who has no, no qualifications whatsoever. His, you know, record is a mixed bag. He's claiming, you know, things that he can't really, can't really claim for, saying the most idiotic things that are out there. And then every once in a while, he'll throw in something nice, right? Like this whole Kanye West situation that happened. Um, you know, I was actually, you know, I, I try to go into these things without an opinion of one way or the other, right? I try to listen first before I, you know, tell people what I think. But, um, so with Kanye West, I tried to listen to what he was saying. And I took a lot of great nuggets out of Kanye West. I know, you know, the media was bashing him for being, you know, batshit crazy and saying all these random things. And the, there was, I mean, it was just like you know, just like stream of consciousness from Kanye. Um, and, you know, what I was really impressed with was Donald Trump sitting there and just listening, you know. I, I got to say, as much as I don't like the guy's policies, I don't like his personality, that one move of just sitting sitting and listen was an incredible thing because I, I just don't see that happen a lot in politics, right? Politicians are always telling you what it is and what isn't. 
But we finally had a president here who wasn't trying to overtalk Kanye. He was just listening. And in those things that Kanye was talking about, he had some nuggets of truth. Um, you know, very specifically, you know, obviously this was in Kanye's words, but, you know, the fact that, you know, um, groups like African-Americans and Hispanics historically vote Democrat, even though the Democratic policies hurt those communities much more than a Republican position would. Uh, but they're kind of fooled or conned into thinking that's the only choice they have to help their communities. And uh, that's completely false. And I think what Kanye was trying to say there was very interesting, especially about criminal justice reform. You know, the fact that these uh, drug policies and conviction rates are much higher for, you know, for African American and Latinos um, than they are for their same, for the same crimes, for the same thing as their white counterparts. So looking at that, realizing we've got to do some criminal justice reform in our system, but also and the drug war, right? You know, I got some really good nuggets out of Kanye, and I was like, man, he's, you know, you got to filter through some of the crazy and some of the streaming, you know, uh, unfiltered consciousness. But, you know, he, he was saying a lot of good things out there, and Trump was literally just sitting there listening. And I had, that was probably one of the, you know, very few times that I've had a lot of respect for Donald Trump, because he always wants the show, right? He wants to be right in the limelight. That's what his presidential, you know, his presidency has been all about is get the attention from everybody by saying the most outrageous thing at four o'clock in the morning, you know, but he finally got, you know, Kanye, you know, kind of over, overshadowed him and, and Donald Trump, instead of trying to be an a-hole and, uh, over talk Kanye, he just sat there and listened. And I was really impressed. And, you know, one of the things he, one of the things Kanye said, which I was like, wow, that's, that was really personal, but, you know, he was talking about how, you know, Kanye didn't grow up with a dad. Um, you know, Donald Trump made him feel like a man, you know, with how he got up there and his swagger and his just conviction of I'm just going to do what I do what I do type of thing. Um, and that the hat was his cape, you know, and I, I was a lot of people thought that was crazy. But, you know, for me personally, as much as I don't, you know, I don't like, you know, uh, the opinions of Donald Trump or Kanye West as kind of a mixed bag, you got to listen to these nuggets of truth and realize, okay, maybe he's saying something here. And uh, what I heard from Kanye was the fact that he had no father figure, right? And, you know, Donald Trump comes in, you know, with this kind of tough stance and this swagger of, of manliness, right? And, you know, you know, Kanye ate it up and was like yeah that's this is what i've been missing you know and he you know he, he had a he, he had a vulnerable i feel like he had a vulnerable moment where he was like you know i didn't have a father i felt like you really kind of represented that father and he gave him a hug and all that so i thought it was a nice vulnerable moment even though like i said he's you know kanye is was on a tear donald trump you know was using it as a you know, as limelight for the, you know, affection or the attraction of African-Americans. And all of that, you know, is kind of hogwash on the side. I just looked at those real moments when Kanye was being open and honest. And I was like, wow, that that was that was something. And and I feel I felt like it was totally overshadowed by, you know, a lot of the mainstream media, especially the liberal leaning media um, that just totally just raked them over the coals for it. 
Um, instead of listening to a man and going, you know what, I, I don't like his opinion, but, you know, he, he said something there, and um, I got to admit, some of that stuff is true. And uh, very specifically on the criminal justice reform, because nobody's been talking about it, right? Nobody's been talking about, you know, putting some uh, measures in the criminal justice system to make sure that there's no bias, to make sure that, you know, we are equally administering the law to everybody. Um, and very specifically looking at, you know, ending the drug war and, and nonviolent offenders and realizing that, you know what, these people are no threat. You know, somebody selling pot, you know, should not be going to jail for 10 years. Or somebody who was arrested with a bag of pot. I mean, no, this is just, it's just a, it's such a waste. And uh, I think for Donald Trump to listen and go, you know what, maybe there is something here. Um, I think that's a first step. Now, I know some friends are out there going, you know what, actions and words are different. I totally get it. But you know what, at least we got to take some baby steps. At least, at least you have to admit there's a problem before you can do something about it, before you want to do something about it. So at least we got that, you know, um, instead of, you know, I, I remember, you know, President Obama's uh, kind of tiptoeing around, you know, ending the drug war and, and criminal justice reform. Um, he tiptoed around that so much. And uh, obviously George Bush was, you know, uh, completely against legalizing any of these drugs. Uh, but now we're seeing so many medical benefits. Same thing with the the research that we're looking at and seeing so many tremendous benefits with uh, CBD oil and, uh, and any type of CBD products that are that's in marijuana that is great for medical patients. Um, that it's it's doing phenomenal things that um, you know your regular hospital drugs are just have massive side effects. So there's a lot of benefit into looking at this, and I think people's eyes are opening, um, including the president. And uh, hopefully that makes some change for people that are, you know, caught up in the system right now and they shouldn't be. So anyways, so so going back to the fact that there's a lot of people out there that are not really happy or satisfied with their options right now, very specifically in the realm of in the Texas elections with the senators of Ted Cruz and uh, Beto O'Rourke. But what I tell people is you have a choice, right? You really have if you don't like if you don't like Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz, I really think in terms of consciousness, um, in terms of sleeping being able to sleep at night, I don't think if you want if you don't like either of them, you shouldn't vote for either of them, right? Um, I think you know there's two other options that I think are much better than sitting and stewing about these two people are terrible so which one is the least terrible let me vote for that person and if they get into office and screw things up i'm gonna feel like a, like a shit right or the other way you know it's like oh i don't know if this person's gonna do well and they lost well you know what i didn't vote for this other crazy person so i'm gonna dog on them then i really think you have two choices I'm going to go with the first option is the lesser option. And then the third and then the the second op the second thing I'm going to talk about is actually what I think uh, most people should do. If you're kind of in that middle independent in the middle 
third party libertarian leaning uh, person, there is a really good option for you. But I'm going to get to the weaker option first. Not even a weaker option. I should say it should be kind of your base level option. So here it is. If you don't like Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz and you're thinking about which senator to vote for and you're just aching over it and you just know that whoever you pick is going to be a bad decision, here's the truth. Maybe you don't need to vote for somebody, right? And I know that's such a big ugly word is don't vote. But really if you think about the action of not voting when everybody else is voting, it's really a matter of protest, you know? And how you do it really matters more. So if you're really convinced that there's nobody out there on the ballot for you, um, and you've got to choose lesser of two evils, I'll be honest with you, I would say just don't vote, right? Protest. Protest by not voting. Protest by not voting and make it known to these elected officials to say, I didn't vote for you because I don't like you, right? Or, you know, you're not going to get my vote just because the other guy is, is like, badder, right? You've got to earn my vote, right? You've got to tell me why I should earn your vote. And here are my positions. And you should be able to go back and forth with those officials and everybody else who's out there who's telling you that you should vote for Ted Cruz or Beto O'Rourke because the other person is worse. No. You've got to sit there and you've got to put your foot down, right? You've got to say, you know what? These are my beliefs. These are my core values. And looking at this and looking at Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz, they don't reflect my values. So why should I give them my vote? You know, we need more people like that. More people that are doing legitimate protest um, with their officials to say, no, this is not what I want. You're not going to earn my vote by staying in those positions. If you want my vote, you've got to move closer to the middle, right? To a more reasonable position um, that everybody can kind of get along with a consensus. And uh, I think that's really missing right now in, in the elections. It's like you almost get pressure from people that you're a bad person if you don't vote. Um, and and the sad part is, you know, um, is that they're kind of forcing you, right, coercively to get you to vote for somebody you don't like. And I think that has to be a part of the conversation is not just about the action of voting, but the action of protesting a vote to say, no, you didn't earn my vote. You didn't earn my vote. So why should I put my consciousness? Why should I put my vote into you? You didn't deserve it. And I think that's a really important thing that Americans and Texans, my fellow Texans, should understand is that, you know what, if you don't want to vote because you don't feel like anybody deserves your vote, you have the absolute right to do that, you know? And don't let anybody tell you that, well, if you didn't vote, you don't have a vo you don't have a right to opinion. No, my absence, uh, my absent vote is my opinion, right? Because none of you deserved my vote. So here it is, right? Here is my stand. I'm standing up for my own values, for my own opinions. And if I cave in to vote for Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz, and I know they're not the right people for me, then I'm caving in on my values. And I think we need more people like that. More people who are vocal about why they're not voting, 
about why Republicans are, are dwindling, why they're losing more memberships every year, why Democrats are losing memberships every year, right? Both of these parties are shrinking in size, right? There's more people that classify themselves as independents and third parties and libertarians than there ever was before. So I think if you generally don't like Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz, don't vote for him, right? Let it be known that you are not voting for these people because they're not worth it. And I think people really need to understand that message. It's the power of voting and it's the power of the lack of voting, right? We know voting, uh, voting, voting participation is low. You know, both of the parties know that. And instead of moving their positions more towards the middle, moving to a more reasonable position, they're taking advantage of this, right? They're saying, well, you know, uh, you know, as long as we can get more people in our camp to vote for more than the pe people in the other camp. And it's always a ping pong, right? Going back and forth. And you have to go out there just like we do in the free market, right? And say, you know, uh, if you go to a restaurant, you know, I just ate poke for dinner, right? Poke, you know, just basically, you know, sushi in a bowl. But, you know, when I look at my, my poke restaurants, I'm looking at who's got the best flavor, who's got the best price, who's going to earn my business. Um, and that's the person I go for, right? I don't just go to, you know, I don't go, I don't, I just don't look at two restaurants and go, oh, you know what? I don't like this one and I don't like this one, but I like this one less, like I like this other one a little bit more than the other one. They're both terrible, but this one's not as bad as that one, right? You never do that when you go out to eat. You pick the places that you like, you know? You choose, you elect to go and choose these services that you want to do. So why is government not any different? Why is your elected officials not any different? So I'm, I'm telling you, man, I believe in the power of no vote and the power of the protest, um, protest vote. And I think not just about not participating in this craziness of a system, but I think you need to really make it known to these people when they come into town, when they're speaking, when they're on Twitter, you know, everything like that to say, you know what, you could have earned my vote if you would have been more moderate on this position, right? If you weren't so extreme on this thing, you could have earned my vote. They need feedback like that, right? They need feedback to realize they didn't get more votes than they could have because of X, Y, Z, right? Um, and then see which which pe person moves into that position. So I think the power of the protest and the ability to opt out of participating in a crazy messed up system is totally your right to do that. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise, right? Don't let anybody guilt you into doing it. If you think both of these candidates are terrible, then don't vote for them. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve your vote. And you got to go out there and you got to tell people, you got to earn my vote. Earn it, right? Just like what the rest of us do out in our work, our relationships, uh, you know, going out, you know, eating, you know, stuff like that. You got to earn our business. You got to earn that relationship. You got to earn that job, you know? So, don't assume, you know, Republicans and Democrats can't assume that they own your vote. You got to let them know they don't own it, right? And they got to earn it. So anyways, sorry to go off on a tangent for that one. But 
I think it's really important for people to know that if you're really, really not sure about which way you want to go, don't do it, right? Don't do it. Save yourself, right? Save yourself from being a part of this crazy program and feel better, sleep at night much better, you know, and, and go, you know what? I didn't vote for any of these people. They're all messed up, you know, um, and I'm waiting for the a better position or you know what go out there and be the better position i got a friend of mine colin burns shout out to colin um he's out there running for a texas rep in his district as a libertarian and i gotta give him so much respect out there um because he went out there uh, if i remember correctly a long time ago he's been a friend of mine for quite a while but you know he was a little bit more closer to the republican position and he slowly moved into the libertarian position um, and there's a lot of issues that are clearly different from Republicans to libertarians, but he has <clears throat> evolved and I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, and now he's running as a libertarian in his uh, district and, um, you know, he's taking action for the inaction he's seen in the Republican and Democratic Party, you know, and he's just like the rest of us, just, just completely done with the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and he's taken action he joined the libertarian he's running as the libertarian candidate in his district um, so now he's trying to make the change and uh, I give him so many so so much credit right there uh, because I think it, it really takes um, a lot of bravery and a lot of conviction to not put up with it anymore right saying this is my stance you know this is where I'm going to be. Join me or don't, or don't, you know. Kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a really famous uh, line, and I'm totally going to butcher it right now, but Captain America, um, in the comic books, you know, kind of facing that same position where he's asked to, you know, uh, kind of water down his principles. And uh, paraphrasing, but he says to something to the effect is, you know the you know sometimes the world is asking ask you can ask yeah sometimes the world is going to ask you to change but everything you know inside you knows you're right and sometimes you have to stand there like a tree you know and not move you know until the world you know i'm not going to move you move right and i think sometimes we have to kind of stand up for that you know whether we're libertarians or not I think I think we all have to go up and say we're not going to put up with this, right? We're not going to take it. <laughs> but seriously, we got to we got to stand up and say, "You know what? Enough. I'm not participating in your system. I'm not voting Republican. I'm not voting Democrat." Right? I'm going to vote this other way. And uh, and then move in that direction. So, uh, I think for me my own personal direction is is moving more towards the Libertarian Party, supporting them. I I've, I've seen a, a lot of incredible change since uh, you know the since like what was the election uh, two thousand seven two thousand eight, um, I think is when I first uh, voted um, Libertarian, um, or maybe it was the one after that. But anyways. But um, I've seen a lot of great changes there. Um, there's more people being uh, registering with the Libertarian Party. More people voted 
than ever in the last election for for the Libertarian Party. I believe I'll have to check my numbers, but I believe um, the last election it was like four or five million people on the popular vote voted for Gary Johnson, the Libertarian candidate, um, which is the most they've ever had for a Libertarian candidate on the presidential ballot. So, and I think the I think the year before that, and again I'm going to check my numbers, so I apologize if I got this wrong. But I think the year before that, it was like a million, maybe two million. So the amount of people that voted Libertarian more than doubled. And the more the amount of people that registered with the Libertarian Party definitely was more than double. So, you know, we're getting a we're, what we're experiencing right now in the Libertarian Party is just a snowball effect that we're slowly building, slowly growing. And more people are reading our, our, our fundamentals, our platforms and realizing like, you know what? This is actually a more reasonable position than I thought it was, right? And yeah, we got some libertarians out there that are, you know, anarcho-capitalist or mini-archist or all these variations of libertarian principle that you're out there. And maybe they go a little bit too extreme and maybe they argue with each other. But you know what? I love that. I love the fact that we have so many different variations of opinions and we all consider ourselves libertarians. And I love talking with that. And understanding their positions and their dynamics because it just means like we're not tethered to one solution right and that's you know for me that's what I try to have a conversation with when it comes to um, you know um, healthcare healthcare what I see kind of similar with a lot of Democrats and progressives if they realize that this system that's monopolized by insurance companies is really bad at the core you know why are we letting insurance companies run our health care but what i try to get to them is their only solution is well it, the insurance companies are doing bad things so let's have the government come in and tell them what to do um and i think the the fallacy there is just to realize that these insurance companies are rooted into our government you know they're the ones that want regulation you know to push out the competition you know and they just feed you know money to their candidates to support them um, both Republican and Democrat and they control the market and I think the only thing that's really gonna become the antithesis of these insurance companies controlling healthcare is a free market that's really what we need is deregulation insurance to be no longer be able to hold the uh, healthcare um, industry hostage you know it should be the doctors it should be the hospitals it should be these people on the ground floor that are controlling prices and costs and availability of things etc they're the ones that are running these things insurance companies are the ones that are raising the cost and then you add government bureaucracy on top of that that's going to increase the cost even more um, and we see that in other countries we see health care is a high cost that is paid out in taxes higher taxes and we don't want that right we want a system that's going to experiment with the free market we want to see where it goes and right now i think the big thing for people to understand when if you got a friend out there that's talking about healthcare, the the how bad our system is and how we only need you know we only need government out there let them know that there's other options out there right and we haven't had a free market in healthcare. We what you see now is not a is not a free market, right? It's a controlled market, controlled by the insurance companies, was controlled the regulation. 
So in one way, progressives and Democrats are right. Insurance companies are bad, right? They are controlling and monopolizing the healthcare system. But the answer is not more government, right? The answer is to have insurance companies have less control over the laws, right? You deregulate that, you cut the strings, and these insurance companies will be scurrying for customers and they I guarantee you they will expand their their access. They will, you know, insure everybody, right? They will compete for your business and not use preconditions, right? Because guess what? If they've got to deal with more competitors out there and you got to get the edge from one competitor to the other, well, somebody at some point is going to say, you know what? We'll take anybody regardless of preconditions, right? Because we got to compete. We need we need business. Um, and that's the trickle-down effect you're going to have is, you know, see other businesses go, well, sh- well shoot, we got to compete with that guy. So now we got to remove pre-existing conditions. So there's a way to do it. And uh, I think we just need to have that conversation and get and have people imagine possibilities out there, right? Beyond just this one option. And it's the same thing for education, right? There's more than one option. It's just you're we've trained ourselves to think there's only one option. And we need to experiment. We need to try different things, different avenues, um, and give that space for people to try it out. Because we don't have a free market in education. We don't have a free market in healthcare. What you see right now is not a free market. And that at that point, you know, that's when we come in and say, we don't have a free market. We should give it a try. And obviously somebody will always come back and say, well, is there another country that has an example? And there are plenty of uh, countries out there that are moving more towards a libertarian free market deregulated industries of all these different types of things but they're moving in that direction right they're slowly moving away like just like i said the nordic countries are moving away from a controlled system and they're moving into a more deregulated free market system but you've got to try you've got to give it a try and i think within our own framework model of the united states you have 50 states 50 different regions of so many different types of people that you can experiment you can have california do state-run health care you can have texas do deregulated free market health care you can have louisiana do uh, quasi free market health care where they allow five you know carriers or whatever so you have all these experiments you can do and see how it goes and then you can come back and say this thing didn't work or this thing did did work type of thing so so cueing that in by the way realizing that there's more options out there i want to i want to throw a surprise out there for people who are just don't want to vote bethel o'rourke or ted cruz there's something else out there by the way and uh it hasn't really been advertised much um i'm hoping it it becomes a little bit more known uh by the time uh, you vote but there's a third per there's a third person out there on the ballot y'all you know that it's neil dykeman neil dykeman is running as the libertarian party candidate on the texas ballot as the u.s senator and let me tell you something where ted cruz failed and beto o'rourke barely passed on the libertarian on how they rated against the libertarian position which is more in the middle more in the moderate position Neil Dykeman aced, I mean aced, that 
that comparison, right? He is always supporting equality, um, fair positions for people, supporting the free market, supporting experimentation out there for healthcare systems, for the space industry, for the economy. He's out there to maximize the potential and the options out there, the imagination that you have out there to be able to do whatever you want to do and not give people unfair treatment, right? Um, and I think that's really the backbone of what the Constitution is about, you know, giving people the freedom and the liberty to be able to go out there and live the lives that they want to and not be hindered by a state government, a federal government, or a local government who's not administering their laws equally, right? If you can have equal equality under law and open and free market and the ability to have dynamism and have different ideas running at the same time, you have a system that fits everybody. And Neil Dykeman is right in line with that, right? He's not trying to punish one person while trying to benefit another. He's trying to level the playing field and say, these laws we have in the books, they have to be treated equally and fairly to everybody. Beyond that, we need a system that's dynamic and that's competitive and that people have a chance to go out and make it on their own. And that's really what, if you think about you know, the the criminal justice reform or immigrants that are coming in the United States, that's really what they're coming here for is the opportunity. Um, the opportunity to do what they want, not to be spoon fed, not to be told what to do, um, you know, but the ability to just go out there and find something on their own. And that's just something so unique to the United States and, the, and, and America and Texas that is really hard to find um, out in the rest of the world. And um, I think we should keep it like that, right? Keep it an open canvas for people to do what they want. Um, as long as they're not hurting each other, hurting, hurting other people, you know, it should be up to them what they want to do. And I, I meet so many people, um, you know, um, from different walks of life. Um, the other day I was, uh, um, by the way, I do lots of different stuff. I like to keep busy. But one of the things I do every so often is I Uber. I like to... Uh, you know, an Uber driver, I like to go out there and, and uh, pick up different people and hear their stories and meet new people. Um, and, you know, several times I've met, um, you know, immigrants from Latin America, India, um, wherever, really. I've met people from so many different countries. And a lot of them say the same thing, right? They are just in awe with the opportunities they have here. Um, you know, there was one, um, you know, one customer from from Latin America, who just, you know, he started his own business and is an entrepreneur. And he was just talking about the just the concept of not needing government to start a business. And, you know, it's something that we as Texans, we as Americans, we take for granted, because that's how we that's that's, that's how our system is like, right? You can start a business of whatever you want, whenever you want, you don't need the government's permission. Um, you can just start it, right? And then, you know, file your paperwork and do your taxes and all that other stuff. But it's just something so small we take for granted because this person here, he was saying, you know, where I was from in my country, you know, you needed the government's permission to start a business, right? You needed their okay. You needed their funding. You would not be able to start your own business from scratch on your own. You would have needed permission from the government. And he was like, 
that to me is in his own words fucking amazing right he was just like i i you know there's so many countries out there that are like that that you need the government's permission you need to run through the government's regulations go through government funding to be able to start your own programs right and you've got all this vetting all this bias within the bureaucratic system that if you had an idea that was good but wasn't to their liking they would tell you no right you'd get shut down so he liked this idea that you would be able to just do whatever you want and if the market wanted it it would go for it and i think that's something that if you look at you know pr uh, positions that progressives and democrats have i mean even some republicans right even some republicans on social issues uh, that they want regulation on social issues, just like progressives want regulations on business. They don't realize that when you go out to these other countries, they don't have the freedom, right? So there's a cost, you know, that everybody's covered under health insurance, but there's a cost. You have less freedom, right? And um, I think we need to keep experimenting as Texans and as Americans to say, no, we want a system that we decide on our own. That's ours. That's our thing, right? These other countries, we get it. They're old worlds, old school, right? They want to cover healthcare and insurance and education and everything for them. But then you have, you know, a whole society that's controlled and dictated by the government versus out here in the United States, in Texas, where we've got so many different types of businesses, so many different opinions, diverse populations, um, diverse food, you know, talking about libertarian Tex-Mex, y'all. You know, we have so many different types of food out here in Texas and in specifically in Houston. Oh, my God. So many different types of foods. Um, you know, that wouldn't be possible if we had an extremely tightly regulated food market, right? Wouldn't happen. You know, Vietnamese crawfish, Viet Cajun crawfish wouldn't have happened in a regulated system, you know. So um, I think, you know, for us to be able to keep those options out there are very important. And somebody like Neil Dykeman somebody like Colin Burns, um, people like there, they're out there, you know, they're, they're running on those principles, the principles that I know a lot of people that are independent, third party, libertarian, there's a huge groundswell of people that are right there in the middle that almost agree with each other, much closer than we do with a Ted Cruz or a Beto O'Rourke, that we can actually come into some agreement on something. And there's such a huge number of that, that far outweigh the extreme right and the extreme left that I think it's time that we kind of groundswell into something and the Libertarian Party is definitely building and growing um, some people aren't convinced that it's gonna work but I think at some point there's just a snowball effect it's been growing and growing and growing and finally we're becoming a threat right now we're a threat to the Republicans and the Democrats you know you can hear it in their voices right now with Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke some of them, you, you can tell Ted Cruz is, is really trying to lean in to those libertarian people that, you know, want gun rights and don't want government and their business. And Beto O'Rourke is the same thing. He's trying to pull into the libertarians that want, you know, equality um, and fairness in, you know, in, in the business. And he's trying to change his language to make it seem like he's not a big government person, even though he is. So you can tell that both of these people are fighting for that middle group, that large groundswell of independent, third-party, libertarian people, people that m agree are much closer on, on topics to each other than um, these other candidates are. But guess what? Neil Dykeman is too. Colin Burns is too. 
these are people out there that are really trying to get your attention. So I suggest, you know, if you want to vote, but you don't want to vote Ted Cruz about Dora Rourke, you should vote for Neil Dykeman. That's what I think. Check him out. Let him know. Let me know what you think. If you're in Cullen Burns district, vote for him, because these pre people are going to protect your economic freedom, your personal freedom, and being a, and they'll be able to balance that how much government versus how much individual liberty is out there compared to a Democrat or Republican who really doesn't care about your rights, right? They care about their own political parties more than they do about you. And uh, they're just not caught up with the Texas of today. That's what I'm telling people. Ted, Ted Cruz is totally out of sync with the Texas of today, right? The many different faces, the many different beliefs and religions and views and food. I mean, <laughs> I keep going back to food, but, you know, t in Ted Cruz's world, he thinks the only food that exists is barbecue, right? But we know Texas has evolved past that. Yeah, Texas barbecue is in there and it's good right but we also have you know viet cajun food tex-mex we've got a mix of all these different things we've got a huge surge of like you know acclaimed sushi right um acclaimed foods all different walks of life we've got soul food here in houston right breakfast club oh my god so anyways there's so many different types of foods that have so many different types of opinions right so that's what i'm alluding to is these foods are these foods in Texas represent the different opinions in Texas and somebody has to be able to be the representation for all those views and all that food and Ted Cruz doesn't represent any of that right he only represents the barbecue gun-toting you know church slapping people which there's plenty of them here and we want them to be able to do that with you know to do that freely and happily right but you also have this huge other group that's out there that wants to be able to do what they want happily so how do you balance all those people to let them do that it's by freedom it's by liberty by letting people do what they want and getting in positions that allow people to make their own decisions right as long as they're not hurting people go out and you know buy as many guns as you want to and eat as much barbecue and praise uh, jesus as much as you want to but that also means that you can't step on other people's rights, right? A gay, a, a gay married couple, you, you know, if it's not in your church, mind your own business, right? A Vietnamese couple, right? A Vietnamese immigrant that wants to come in and start a restaurant, that's none of your business, right? Or an immigrant from Honduras that wants to come in and open a Honduran Cajun restaurant or, uh, you know, some type of service out there mind your own business you know that's i think to me that's what texans have pride themselves on is mind your own business right you do your thing and you let other people do their thing as long as they're not hurting anybody leave them the hell alone and i think to me when it look when i look at neil dykeman's position that's exactly what he's trying to do he's trying to say hey we all have equal rights here we all shouldn't treat each other like dirt you know respect each other's opinions let people do what they want to. If they're not hurting anybody, leave them alone. And I think that's really a position, an Amer a total American position, total Texan position, because really that's, that's where we are. That's our culture, is a culture of whatever the hell you want. You know, as long as you're not hurting people, do what you want, right? You know, whatever religion or lack thereof, you don't have to even be a religious person, but you can, right? It doesn't matter. 
um, and um, you know that old world stuff, the old world of old cultures and old way of doing things. You know, socialized healthcare, socialized education. You know, socialized control over your life. That's not what we want here. You know, we we're the new world. We want a new way of thinking, new dynamism. You know, we want new choices, and uh, we need a, a candidate who's going to be able to represent those choices and respect the choices that we have. You know, even if it's something you don't agree with. Ted uh, Ted Cruz can't do that, right? He has fought tooth and nail against same-sex couples. He's trying to do the uh, definition of marriage as a traditional marriage between a man and a woman, which is totally out of step with our culture and our beliefs. And uh, and then Beto O'Rourke is heavy-handed on government, you know. And I I said this in the last um, in the last one that Texans here we pride ourselves in our independence, our ability to handle problems on our own, and to find our own solutions. And Beto O'Rourke is not that kind of guy. Beto O'Rourke is a guy who wants more federal government involvement in your life and in your business and in your bed and everything like that, right? He wants to regulate the hell out of your life. And that's not the way we want to go, right? That's old world. We want the new world. We want you to make the decisions in your life. We want you to be in the driver's seat, right? Even when it comes to, even, even on a subject like climate change, you know, climate change you know, for me as a libertarian, I, for me as a libertarian who is also a big believer in science, I believe climate change is a real thing, right? And um, how we deal with that, again, goes to that same, same thing. It's like we can recognize there is a problem as a libertarians, as libertarians. We can recognize there's a problem, but the solution isn't one solution, right? You're, there isn't a monopoly on solutions. It's usually a multivariable solution, right? When, even when it comes to medicine or psychology or you know logistics in business, it's always a multiple choice solution, you know. And I think climate change is another one of those things. You're not just you're not going to be able to solve your climate change problem by just telling everybody to not use energy, right? That would just oh my god, I'm just thinking about it right now, you know. Um, that how many people would that how many millions of people would that starve if we just cut off gasoline and, and coal and everything like that how many people would die um in the cold or how many people would starve because we're not you know growing as many crops so the idea of just you know let's just have everybody you know uh, emit less energy and stop using gasoline and everything like that that's just insane in terms of ramifications I think what we need is a diversification of competitive energy sources, right? We should go into solar. We should go into wind. We should go into nuclear, right? And we should let all these things compete with each other, including gasoline, including fossil fuels. Let them all compete with each other in an open market and see, you know, which one the consumers take on. Because, you know, I'm telling you, as, you know, somebody who, who works in the energy industry, you know, there's certain things that you will not be able to trade out, you know, and put solar panels on, like a marine barge or a tanker, right? You're not going to be able to, to throw on a slap on a couple solar panels and hope it has enough energy to go to China, you know? And then, God forbid, you go into a typhoon or a hurricane and then those solar panels get ripped off. 
you know, there's certain parts of that that you're going to need marine fuel or, air, you know, airplanes. You're going to need jet fuel, right? Um, or, you know, you could mix it up. You could do some solar panels with some jet fuel. And that's really going to be the answer at the end of the day is, is having a mixed portfolio, right? A little bit of gasoline, a little bit of solar, a little bit of wind. Um, mostly having our technology become more efficient and emit less carbon out in the atmosphere uh, but I think most technologies are going in that direction anyways the more because you know you you want your engines and motors and things to be efficient right um, to use fuel efficiently and that's where really ha we've been going right you know gas mileage efficiency has gone through the roof compared to you know just a, you just two decades ago so the idea the solution for carbon uh, climate change is going to be in the free market, right? Energy efficiency, mixed portfolio, being able to develop technologies that can pull carbon uh, carbon emissions outside out of the air, right? We already have carbon scrubbers, um, and we just need to kind of figure out how to use those things in the free market. So there's a lot of solutions out there that are just beyond nobody use gas, nobody use energy anymore right there's answers out there and we need to understand <clears throat> the range of them versus having this one solution so to me again it's understanding that you have more choices in your bag than you really think and that's really kind of the the, the through line of what i'm trying to talk about here is when it comes to voting the texas senator or the texas governor and you don't like Democrat, the Democrat or Republican choice, you do have a choice. You have the libertarian ticket, right? Or you have the ability to protest and say, you know what, nobody deserves my vote. Those are two viable options. So you have an option. You have an option there, my friends. So don't feel like you're pinned in a corner. You have options, just like you have options in healthcare, just like you have options in climate change, just like you have options in education. Don't let this political system of Republican or Democrat fool you into thinking you only have one choice or the other. You've got multiple choices, and that gives you power, right? You can go here, there, or somewhere else. I mean, if you think about restaurants, if you think about where you shop for clothes, if you think about the free market in general right now, you've got options. You can go to another place. And that is in the power where those companies are realizing they're losing business and they've got to figure out a way to get you back. That's what we need for the Republican Democratic Party, for our political system. We need to realize that, hey, we're losing people. We need to get them back. We need to understand why. And if it's our positions, we need to move our positions. And honestly, when I look at other countries, um, a lot of other countries that are in the same area as developed or whatever um, a lot of them have multiple parties out there right it's not just they don't just have a republican democratic party they've got like three four five six options out there of political parties and you know what i feel like that is a little bit more balanced in decision making because you have all these different parties with all these different interests and instead of one party controlling the entire thing the all these parties have to work together as a coalition with all these competing interests, find the middle ground, and then uh, what they can agree on, let's do something about it. What they can't agree on, let's leave it and let's 
think about another potential solution. So I think really, ultimately, long-term wise, we need multiple parties in our system, right? We need a third, we need really need that third party to come out and really compete with the Republican and Democrats. And I think right now the Libertarian Party is the best third party choice to come out there and compete with the Republicans and Democrats. And I'm hoping that with that, that it will open up other parties, other viable parties to go out there for other people to choose. So I think it would be, in my opinion, it would be really smart for people who don't like Republicans or Democrats, who don't like Beto O'Rourke or Ted Cruz, to go out there and coalesce behind the Republican, I'm sorry, behind the Libertarian ticket and say, you know what, we're going to push the Libertarian Party out in your face, we're going to create a third option, make you guys compete with each other, and then hopefully by then we can start pulling out all these other parties that are out there and make them compete on a landscape of competitive edge. That's what we do with restaurants. That's what we do out there in the markets for cars and clothing and everything like that. There's multiple choices, and they fight and they earn your business, and that's what we got to do. So. Anyway, so I really highly suggest you look into Neil Dykeman. Look into Color Burns as well. Um, he is a really good friend of mine. And um, check him out on Facebook or on Twitter. He's got a lot of cool stuff out there, but he's in the Houston area. A lot of stuff we see eye to eye. Um, he's got a great sense of humor too, so you can <laughs> you can see something to laugh at. But you know, right now, like I said, you have options. It's not what you think, right? It's not Republican or Democrat. You've got a you've got an option, right? You can vote Libertarian, right? You can vote Libertarian and make them realize that the, the Libertarian position, the Libertarian Party, Libertarian-minded, liberty-leaning people, are a force to be reckoned with, and we're more than than meets the eye, so to speak. And then at the same time, if you know what, if you you don't like Republican, you don't like Democrats, and you don't even like the libertarian position, absolutely go out there and protest and say, you know what, nobody's earned my vote. Here's my positions. Earn my vote. What are you going to do to get closer to this position? Because that's the only way we're going to change politics. So anyways, I said this was going to be a short one, but it turned out to be a little bit longer than I expected. But I just want to say thank you. And again, go out there, check out Neil Dykeman. Um, early voting already started in Texas, um, and uh, we have uh, quite a, a few weeks um, before the deadline. So go out there, read up on positions, uh, think about where you are principally, where you stand, and uh, you know do do a good comparison of how they compare to uh, where you are. And, and just like I did on on, on our um, uh, my last podcast, I compared in the libertarian position which is my position with the Libertarian Party. Again, Ted Cruz absolutely failed. Uh, Beto O'Rourke barely passed. Um, and, and Neil Dykeman aced it with flying colors. So if you're looking for somebody who's liberty-leaning, um, who is about prosperity, peace and prosperity, economic freedom, personal freedom, um, you know, a controlled... Uh, restrained government that's for the people um, then really look at Neil Dykeman because I think he's going to be that person you could vote for and sleep at night and know that you know what I did good so anyways um, more to come I think um, I know um, you know this is a libertarian Tex-Mex podcast so I think at some point 
will actually put food in here. I, I'm trying to throw a little by little. I know the big thing right now is just the election season, so there's a lot of stuff to to go over. So uh, so at some point we'll actually get into uh, food and a nice nice evolution of food um, in the free market um, and kind of the misnomer misnomer of what people th- what people think is the free market. And then what actually is the free market that they're actually in right now um, and doing and enjoying. Um, and also we're going to look at the downside of it. You know, some things that the free market doesn't do. But as a libertarian, it's okay. You don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to get in a position where, you know, we're in a, you know, we don't need government at all. It's okay to have, you know, s- some regulation that works a little bit you know of 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 government help that doesn't completely you know spoil the the free market there are some things that the government can can and can't do so we've just got to understand that line and where it works um and it's okay as a libertarian to say okay this is maybe a position where we do need government as an intermediary or as a referee so to speak um and um, we don't have to take the anarcho position of we don't need government anywhere, anytime, right? We do have certain rights, and we need something to protect those rights, um, and we need something to kind of help us uh, become the best us. And I think that's what economic freedom and individual freedom is really about. So, anyways, so uh, I'm going to finish off right now, but I just wanted to say uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to be posting this for Tuesday morning so you can uh, wake up and, and hear what we have going on. And um, next week we'll probably go in a little bit more. We've got, um, I think we've got two more weeks for the elections in Texas. So I'll probably do a little bit more conversation on that. And once the elections are over, we'll start going into some fundamental libertarian principles, um, understanding what those base positions are how they relate to current current news, current events, and then we'll go into some local culture here. Um, as the Libertarian Tex-Mex, I really want to represent the voice of uh, the Texas view of libertarianism and what that means for us, you know, in terms of our culture, how it impacts us, you know, everything, immigration, culture, you know, economics, um, everything like that. We, we are going to go over it um, and really understand it in, in a little bit more nuanced way that most people don't really go into, you know, very high level, very snarky. Well, libertarians are libertarians are this or libertarians are that. And, you know, um, if it was a libertarian world, our whole world would be on fire, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, there's so many things that are, are moving in a free market and everything's fine or they are in a free market or sometimes people aren't in a free market. They live in a, such a controlled environment that they're so scared to go out and adventure and, and find their own options. And sometimes we have to hold those people's hands and say, you know what, it's not that scary. It's okay. You can um, go out there and kind of, you know, expand your wings and, you know, take, uh, you know, cut the strings off and, and, and you'll be happy as a person that can go out there and, and find your own choices. So, Anyway, so there's a lot of stuff we'll go over, but uh, I just wanted to say thanks for listening, and uh, I will uh, hear from you next week.